Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for in, indulging me on that, that music. That was a song called Into the Wilderness. It's performed by Paul Cardall, a pianist, famous for his arrangements of sacred hymns and classical pieces. And the song, Into the Wilderness, appeared on his album from 2016 called New Creation. And I think the picture and the music kind of captures a little bit what it might be like if we were to, to strike out in the wilderness by ourselves. Now before I begin this morning, I want to I just give some thanks. I want to thank Richard for speaking last week. And of course you got to, to meet our friend Kevin. He's been here once before and, and, uh, and for those of you, this, this, that was your first time. Uh, he's he's just a great guy. We've been working on him to to come to Brenham. Um, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but you know, it, it, when, when we invite him in, um, you know, we we tried to show him the, you know, all the the niceties that we have here, and and uh, so, um, and also it's nice to to have Robert to play. And Robert played last week. This is my first Sunday to play with him. And uh, so it, it's it's just really neat to 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 have him back in our in our group again. So uh, anyway, I, I I just feel like it's been forever since I, I've been here. We were gone last Sunday, and uh, I just wanted to give you just real quick just a, just a little update of what was going on. Um, if you were here the first Sunday of the year, I kind of I think I scared everybody half to death talking about church growth, but the the week was about church growth. We um, were invited to go to, to Phoenix for this, this church growth conference that the, the vineyard was involved in. And, and uh, there's a lot of great things that, that came from it. I'll be sharing with y'all some of the things that, that came out of that. But one of the things that was really neat, and, I, and, and this, is, this is the reason why, why we're in the vineyard, at least Danelle and I, 
we're having this church growth conference, you know, and they're talking about all the mechanics of growing your church, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. Don't do this, and don't do that. Well, I guess it was about 11 o'clock. It's like, okay, one of the things that makes us unique, and this is the guy talking, one of the things that makes us unique is, is that we have this, this desire in us that, that we're, we're, we, we say as, as a church, as a, as a community, as, as a movement, come Holy Spirit. And so right in the middle of this church growth conference is just like, let, let's come forward and let's, let's get ministry. And you know, different ones were receiving words, and you know, and, and you know, and I, I, I got a pastor to pray for me, and then you know, another pastor's praying for others, you know, and and it, it was is is just really awesome to to experience that, and and that that's that's part of who we are. We make room for the Holy Spirit to come and do His work in us, and when we do that. You know, that, that, that's pretty contagious. And one of the things the guy said, too, was, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a little weird. You know, the, the, there might be something a little weird that maybe we don't understand. Or maybe it, you know, it, it, it's just, that, that was strange. We can acknowledge that, say, you know, this is just what God's doing right now. And we can move on and, and, and you know, and allow allow the Spirit to continue to do what He's doing. And so, so that, that, that's, that's a little bit of what we experienced this last week. And so I want to thank you guys for letting me go. And, and, uh, and I, I think we'll be, we'll be hearing some stuff from this in the future. Now, last week Richard was speaking about the baptism of Jesus. And it's a story that is included in all three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And if you remember, Jesus' baptism was that moment when first that He identified with mankind in baptism. Remember, and it was actually in, in, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus tells John to baptize Him, and, and John resisted Him at first. And Jesus said, we, we need to do this because this will fulfill all righteousness. Or this, this, will, this will fulfill what God requires. Right? And so, in being baptized, that represents what happens whenever the new life begins. You know, we receive Christ, the old man goes under the water, and then the new man rises up. And that's that was the first century way of making a profession of faith. Now you could you could say the prayer, you know, Jesus come into my heart, but until you were baptized, you really hadn't taken it publicly. You know, and it was a public thing. And a lot of times in in the first century, when people were being baptized, they were being baptized to jeers people that were standing around that body of water and they were making fun of them because they were doing this crazy baptism thing. That they were one of those Christians. You know, because in, in those days it wasn't really a, a, a sign of, a, of affection for those who followed Jesus. It was, yo, you're one of those Christians. So, baptism was also the moment when the Holy Spirit descended visibly, Mark says, He descended visibly on Jesus like a dove. 
Now, in, in my background as, as a, a Pentecostal, that, was the, that Holy Spirit coming down was, was essentially a baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's the way they described it. So Jesus was baptized in water, but He was also baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was filled and empowered in that moment to, to go out and begin His ministry. And also in that moment, when Jesus was baptized, God spoke audibly. Now remember, before John showed up on, in the desert... It had been 400 years since anyone had heard a prophetic word from God. And people were wondering, has God forsaken us? They had been overrun by the Assyrians. They had been overrun by the Romans. And they had no word from God. When will our Deliverer come? 400 years is a long time not to hear anything from the Lord. And then John shows up and he's speaking in the, in the desert and people are they're going out to hear him because they're, they're, they're hungry, they're thirsty for a word from the Lord. And then when Jesus shows up and he's baptized and the Holy Spirit falls upon him, then God speaks from heaven. This is my beloved Son. In Him I'm well pleased. Now, I like to think that this moment was probably the pinnacle in Jesus' life up until that point. Think about it. Up until this point, he, had, he, he was a carpenter's son. And he was living in obscurity. We, we don't have any record in Scripture of what was going on with Jesus from the time he was 12 until the time he was 30, whenever he publicly appeared to Israel, right? So this obscure son of a Jewish carpenter was publicly acknowledged as God's son. Now, it'd be nice if we could just kind of hang out there and just talk about what, what that must have been like to experience you know, the Holy Spirit and, and to experience this, this, this recognition that Jesus was receiving. You know, I mean, He's the Son of God. He's come to save the world, right? Well, my text today picks up at that point on the banks of the Jordan River where the heavens had just opened. And Mark says this, Then the Holy Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where He was tempted by Satan for 40 days and He was out among the wild animals and the angels took care of Him. How exciting. How many of you like the outdoors? Are you outdoors people? You like to go and you like to hike, you like to camp, you like to all those things? So what, what comes to mind whenever you hear the word wilderness? Hardship. Hardship. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, seclusion. Well, in, in our society, and I'm, and I'm talking about here in the United States, when we talk about wilderness, usually the thing that comes to mind, there's woods, and there's overgrown stuff like in the woods. You know, there's, there's like thistles and thorns. You know, there's, there's creepy crawlies, mosquitoes. 
you, you don't want to drink the water. Although I, I have to say that I, I, I did get to test those, those straws that, you know, that, that actually clean the water, and, and I, I didn't get sick. I, I was amazed if this brackish water got cleaned by, by this thing. It was, it was pretty amazing. And, and I, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I, I don't know if, how many of y'all remember this, but last summer, Chad Dickinson got this idea that, that he wanted to go hike in the Lone Star National Forest, just north of Montgomery, out, out there, you know, Sam Houston National Forest. Well, they've they got a section that they call the Lone Star National Forest. Well, uh, Chad asked me if I wanted to go. And right away, my thought was, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's the middle of summer. It was like June, I think. We're going to go hiking in June in Texas. Now, I can understand, like, maybe, you know, in Colorado or, you know, Northern California or, you know, whatever. But I was thinking about it, and then, um, then he asked Jeremy to go. And so it was, it, it was a three-pack, so it was like, yeah, I, I guess, I, guess I, I better go, you know, and, and after all, I'm the pastor, and, you know, and, and this will be a great time of bonding. Well, we got to the National Forest, and, well, actually, I need to tell you this first. I was on, on my way, and, I, and I, I think it might have been before they picked me up. I, I, was, I was doing something, and somebody posted on Facebook this story of somebody that got bit by a tick, and they got really sick from it. I don't know what kind of disease it was, but they were, they were like hospitalized, and they were in ICU and all this mess. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rethinking this. And then, no, no I, I told the guys I'd go. And, you know, and if I back out now, it's just going to look bad. And so, so I decided to go. And I'm, I, I was armed with, with the, the off, you know, the, the DDT or whatever it is. The, the stuff that, that, you know, it, if, if, you, if, if it gets inside of you, you're dead. And I, I, I wore long sleeves. I wore my pants, and I had my, my boots on, and I had on long socks. And I, I, I bathed myself in that stuff. I mean, just sprayed, sprayed, sprayed. Had like a cloud around me while I was doing it. And so, so the, the time comes, we drive up, and we get there. And we get out, and, and it's just this trail. And, the, and actually, the, the only way that you knew that you're on the trail was there were things that were nailed on the trees. You know, so you, I, I'd never done this before. This was, this was crazy. There was no trail. It was just weeds. And some of these weeds were as tall as I was. And so I, the whole time I'm thinking about ticks, and I'm thinking about all the things that could, that could get on me. And, it, and it's, it's starting to get warm. We, we went out early, and it's starting to get warm. And we're, we're hiking. We probably hiked for about an, an hour. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm huffing and puffing. I've got a backpack on. And, and so I'm making my way through there. And I noticed, and I don't think, I don't think Jeremy and, and Chad noticed it, but I noticed that there was a cloud. And this cloud kept growing. Next thing we know, it's raining, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. There was no rain in the forecast, and it rained and rained and rained. We, we had two more hours to hike, and so we're hiking in the rain, and we finally got to our spot, and we roll out the tent, you know, and we're, we're getting ready. My backpack is, is soaked. My sleeping bag is soaked. 
My food is soaked. Everything is soaked. And so we stayed there, and the plan was we were going to stay for three days. Well, after a night of being rained on, and, and I mean, everything was wet. There's, I mean, there's no change of clothes because everything's soaked. And so it's finally, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to go back today. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. We're going to go back, and this will be over. And so, you know, and, I, and I, my, my boots were wearing blisters on my feet and stuff. And so, so we're going along, and I'm kind of, I was always behind them, you know. And so we're on our way out, and, and, and finally they just said, look, you stay right here. And we'll, we'll drive back and pick you up. And that was the end of my wilderness experience. <laughs> but I, I, can, I can just say I wasn't made for the great outdoors. Now, in, in, in Jewish and Hebrew culture, it wasn't exactly like what our experience would be in what we call the wilderness. In, in the Middle East, when they talked about the wilderness, they were talking about the desert. And in, in the, the desert in the Middle East, and I was just looking this up, there's all kinds of dangerous stuff out there that can kill you. I mean, there's, they've got various big cats, you know. Um, like cougars, leopards, and stuff like that, wild dogs, poisonous snakes, reptiles, and insects. And I don't like insects that, that can kill me. I mean, it, it's bad enough like other things that are, that are dangerous like that. But insects, oh, no. And, and also, we need to remember that, that if you're in the wilderness... Food and water is usually pretty scarce. And that makes those things that live in the wilderness that much more dangerous. In Jesus' day, things went into the wilderness to die. People went into the wilderness and sometimes never came back. And... There were also people who actually lived in the wilderness. The Bible tells us that, that John the Baptist lived there. And from the records that we have of John, he was a little out of the ordinary. Right? You know, he wore the, the, the camel skin and, you know, had that big leather belt. And his diet was locusts and wild honey. You know, I, I don't know that I could live off a diet like that. Now, in, in, in that day too, people who lived in the, in the wilderness, people thought they were crazy. And it, it, it's hard to say whether maybe living in the, in the desert, living in the wilderness, drove them crazy in the first place. And there were also tales of evil spirits who lived in the wilderness. You know, there's caves and there's, there's these places that, you know, that just look kind of creepy. And, and so it, it was just really common that, oh, there must be evil spirits live there because it, it looks scary. And in, in many traditions, people believe that the devil lived in the wilderness. Now, when we look at this passage, it seems to make perfect sense to Mark that Jesus would go into the wilderness 
to face the devil there. And the same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus so powerfully in His baptism also empowered Him to stand toe-to-toe with Satan in the wilderness for 40 days. Now, Matthew says that at the end of 40 days that the devil came to Jesus. Mark, his account, it, it, it differs a little bit. I, I don't think Matthew or Mark were there, so I don't really know. I don't think they knew what happened in, their, in Jesus' encounter. And Mark says that for 40 days, Jesus was tempted by the devil. Think about that just for a second. That's over a month. Constantly being badgered. Constantly being tempted. Because, I mean, that, that's all it was, was just constantly maybe messing with the mind. You know, and, and, and on top of that, Jesus was fasting. And, you know, whenever you just go a few days without maybe eating food and you're just drinking water or juice or something, your head starts playing tricks on you. And so Jesus was subject to the devil doing all these things to him for these 40 days. And the way that Mark describes it is that Jesus went in there, he took care of business, and then he came out. Well, Jesus endured that torture, endured that temptation, he endured all that because he had a long game. He had a long game. It wasn't just about just, just whatever happened at that moment. Whenever he was tempted with, with food or whenever he was tempted with, with power or whatever it was that the, that the devil threw at him. In, in 1 John chapter 3, the Apostle John says that the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was on task. And he knew what his purpose was, that he was going to destroy the works of the devil. He had been empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he was standing toe-to-toe with Satan, taking everything that he could throw at him, and came through without sin. Now, that's a good story, right? We know that Jesus defeated Satan, and then we know that, that he went on to, to go to the cross, and then that he, was, he, was, he was crucified, and then he was resurrected, and he went back to heaven. We know all that stuff. What does something like this, the story like this, what does this mean for us who are dealing with loss? What... Those of us who are dealing with sickness, who are dealing with death, who are dealing with difficult relationships or serious financial problems. Maybe you're dealing with situations that just seem to be impossible. Some of you you may feel like life is just caving in on you and there's just no relief. And you might be wondering, does Jesus even care about what's going on with me? Because I feel like my life is in the wilderness right now. Does Jesus, does, does He know? Does he, does he care? 
Does He understand my pain? I want to read to you what the writer of Hebrews says about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4. So, then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. I mentioned during worship that impression that I got of somebody that that just uncomfortable with your thoughts. Maybe you're distressed by your thoughts. Maybe you're distressed by the things that, that are that are in your head. Maybe you you might be even hearing voices. We have a high priest who understands and knows what it's like to be in the place that we're in. And He wants to give us grace and He wants to give us mercy. He wants to give us His love. So, can we just stand together this morning? The Bible tells us that Jesus is, is near to the brokenhearted. He's near to those who, who grieve, who mourn, those who are hurting. And if you're here this morning, and maybe, maybe you hadn't even told a soul. Maybe you've, you've been carrying something around and, you know, you're just trying to keep a stiff upper lip and, and just push your way through. Jesus wants to meet you in your wilderness. He stood toe-to-toe -to -toe to with Satan so that the wilderness doesn't belong to Satan anymore. And so if you're in a place this morning and you need, you need the Lord to touch you. You need the Lord to heal you. You need the Lord to move on your behalf. I want you to receive prayer today. And I got a feeling that it, it, there's, there's quite a few of you that you're feeling it. You're experiencing it. Maybe you don't want anybody to know. But the Lord wants to give you the grace, His, His mercy, 
in the midst of whatever it is that's going on. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Lord, we thank you for a high priest like Jesus who knows what it's like, who's experienced our pain, our suffering, our disappointment, our sorrow. He came to heal. He came to set captives free. Lord, I ask this morning as we, just in these few moments, that you would draw near to us. And let us receive that that mercy, that grace here in our, our time of need. Come Holy Spirit.